Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Lauren Cloudus. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you, Henry. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. This is the type of uh, guest that I always look forward to because Lauren, along with her husband, it's just Lauren with us today, though, is the, the stereotypical great example of an American business owner. Uh, they own a small franchise restaurant business. And so greatly looking forward to the conversation today. We're going to chat about Laura's entrepreneurial journey, how she got to this point of owning their first business. And then she's going to share with us her insights, her experiences with starting and growing a franchise business. If you want to receive more information about the How of Business, including links to the show notes pages, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996. So I have a very short bio on Lauren to share with you, and then she's going to give us more background on uh, where she started career-wise and how she got to where she is today. Uh, Lauren Cloudus, along with her husband, Brian, they're the owners of a franchise restaurant, as I mentioned. It's located here in my current hometown of Coppell, Texas, which is a suburb of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. They opened this first location in 2015, so they've been at it for several years now and have got some good experience and stories to share. And they're planning now to expand into perhaps other concepts, so we'll chat about that as well. This was, when they first opened this franchise, their first business for both of them, although we'll chat that her husband did have some experience or exposure, rather, uh, from his family from a business ownership perspective. I'm a frequent customer of the restaurant. It's called Little Greek Fresh Grill. And I, lo- I love Mediterranean food and Greek food, so I'm a, I've been a fan of that type of food anyway. But they do a great job with uh, their restaurant here in Coppell. So with all that said, I'm thrilled to have Lauren on the show today. Lauren Cloudus, welcome to this episode of The How of Business. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's start our early career. What uh, what were you doing career-wise? Uh, I don't know if you went to college, but tell us about those those early days. What did you study in college? Uh, I actually studied fashion merchandising. I graduated from the University of North Texas. Um, but uh, career-wise, I was an executive team leader with Target Corporation for about seven years, um, but pretty much grew up with Target. I did a uh, an executive internship with them, and then pretty much after I graduated, stuck with them and uh, was there for six years before we decided to open our own restaurant or buy a franchise. Back then, did you you have any aspirations of being your own boss at some point? No, not at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was very happy with working for Target. Um, It's a great company. Um, I would say... Probably um, Target was what really helped me, helped to prepare me, frankly, to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely the hours, I know retail, you put in a lot of hours, um, but also with Target, they put, they do um, invest a lot of time and money into the development of their executive team. Right. Um, so you know, I had done logistics for them and then I did sales floor, the front end, um, a lot of different roles, um, kind of saw, you know, high volume stores to low volume stores. And then we had, you know, unique process stores. So 
you, I really got like a well-rounded, I guess, leadership development. Yeah. And, and you got exposure to a company that knows how to do branding well and merchandising right. well and all of yes. those things, right? Yes. Everything was very streamlined. You know, you had best practices. Um, and you got exposure to, you know, how to manage, you know, employees and, um, you know, the HR portion of it, which is very important in owning your own business, um, especially nowadays. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, that was the, probably the most helpful thing. Um, I think for us when we opened this was having that experience. Yeah. You, you had that experience of that structure and that organization and all of those things. Um, so what then leads to you and Brian deciding to start your own business? So my husband, uh, so Brian always wanted to own his own business. Um, he came from a construction background. His family owns a construction company, mainly um, like the Highland Park University Park area, um, but they do high-end home remodeling that his dad has been doing since the 80s. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's been in business a long time. He actually was just named uh, D Magazine's Best Builder. Wow. Um, yeah, no, he's very, very, they're very good. Um, so uh, it's been very successful with it. Um, but my husband just, you know, construction's hard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being in an attic doing insulation in 102 heat is not something that he really wanted to do. And, you know, with his father's company, you know, they do have a very high end clientele. Um, you know, he's roughly a thousand dollars a square foot. Wow. Um, yeah. So these are some, you know, pretty high end, you know, clients, but, uh, it's very stressful. Um, so he thought opening a restaurant would be something <laughs> that would be a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> you, you laugh at this now. Yeah. It seemed, yeah. it seemed yeah. at that point like, Oh, this will be yeah. a walk in the park yeah. compared to the, the Always. Yeah. yeah. So, and it was funny cause when he brought it up, my father had said, uh, are you sure? you sure this is what you want to do? Like, you really, you don't want to do construction? Like, you know, hey, Lauren, I think you really need to talk to Brian about this. Like, I don't know about this. So, Was um, there pressure there to go into that family business? Uh, you know, I think, I think there, for Brian's parents, I think they always thought that he was going to take over. But, you know, my father-in-law is very much the company. Um, so for Brian, and then also his uncles work for him for his father as well. So you've got his father and then his two uncles and then it was Brian. And so, you know, it, I just, I don't think that he was ever going to fully take over until a lot later in life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then Brian studied culinary arts in college, yes, right? Yes, he did. Restaurant, hotel, and institutional management. Yeah, so that, that definitely was an interest to him. Yeah. All right, so, so at a certain point, he comes to you and says, let's do this. Right. Did you keep your job for a period of time or how did you guys do so it? So the goal, the actual, um, the plan was for me to actually never quit Target. I was to yeah. keep my job um, and Brian was going to open this restaurant and his cousin was our manager. And uh, what happened was in 2015, my father passed away. Oh. So I said, everything just changed. And I just said, Hey, I'm going to come work with you. <laughs> I'm quitting my job. Like I just, I needed a change. And looking back at it, I wish I never had, but I feel that 
you know, if I did not, um, I, I don't think we'd still be in business. So you, you, if you go back, you would have stayed at Target and not gone into the business with Brian. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because? Uh, because it would have, oh, we would have had extra income coming in. Okay. It so, made this transition period a lot harder, a lot harder for us. Yes. But would you have eventually left that corporate job yes. career really and gone into? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, because I feel, well, at that point in time, if I was able to leave, we would have had enough of these franchises going to support us financially. Mm -hmm. But you were okay with leaving what you had invested and built from a career perspective. Yes. And got, and why, why were you willing to give that up? Did you, you, you were seeing the, the different lifestyle or potential in being a business owner or what was it? Well, I think so for Brian, you know, he always worked for his family and didn't really have a lot of, um, prior previous work experience. Um, he did not have any management experience. And so I was very concerned, um, with him being able to run the company by himself. Not that he couldn't do it, but making sure that he had the support that he needed to successfully run that yep. business. Um, and so, you know, we are a franchise. The franchise is out of Florida. Um, so, I mean, he had enough support, but when it came down to, you know, hiring employees and onboarding and scheduling, like those were the things that he needed you know, a lot of help with and then figuring out, you know, the inventory and food costs and all the things that go into successfully running a restaurant. Um, I had experience yeah. with. Um, yeah, so. that's what you were able to bring to bear, obviously, in part. How about working together as husband and wife? How was that initially? Uh, you know, I, I had, I had told my husband, I told Brian, I said that you had asked that question when we first talked and Brian's response was, I'm, yeah, I'm surprised we're not divorced. <laughs> and, you know, I, I mean, he's right. It's, it was really tough, but for us, it's always looking at the bigger picture. Like what, if this works and we can get more, like what will our life be like? And, and you always, um, you feel like you're on the same page as far as that goes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We always, I mean, I'll always support him and he'll always support me in decisions. Um, but then I, we're not afraid to give each other really critical, even just downright harsh feedback. Like, Hey, you know, you need to do X, Y, Z, you know, but understand, I still love you. I just need you to understand that what you're doing right now is not, you know, what you should yeah. be doing or, you know, um, but really it was just always looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. Keeping that in mind, that's what, yeah. that's what drives all of us in business, even when we're not working with right. a, our spouse or our partner. Um, what are you doing better now? And obviously you're touching on communication, right. that, that real communication, uh, unvarnished. Yeah. What else have you learned to do better as a couple, as a partner, as business partners, so that it's a, a better relationship all around? Mm. Um, I think learn to give each other space. We're always together. Um, I love spending time with him. He loves spending time with me, but, uh, I think 
he, I would say Brian especially understands that he's like, Lauren, you know, you need to leave or, you know, why don't you go do a workout class or why don't you go do this or just learning to give each other space. Do you have any rules about like some couples decide we're not going to talk about business no. either date night or whatever. And so for us, some people it's impossible. No, we do not. And we try to, um, but we are still very much intertwined in the day-to-day operations of our business right now. Yeah. I, I think that that's okay. What, what do you think? Yeah. You, know? you know, it's fine. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, it's how you feed your family. I think it's definitely fine. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 an integral part of your business, right? It's hard, it's hard, hard to separate the two things, yeah? Yeah, I don't know. I think just, well, and I'll be honest, like as, as a couple, we've personally been through some uh, really, uh, I don't know, just d- not defining moments, but, you know, pretty big events in our relationship. We've been together for 13 years. Um, and we've weathered through those and the stuff with the franchise and opening a business is just something else to add to that. Mm-hmm. When a, a couple now asks you, Hey, should we get in business together? What, what, what advice do you offer? Oh, uh, what advice do I offer? Uh, well, somebody needs to keep their job. First of all, <laughs> don't quit your job because it makes it a hundred million times harder um, not to have that. But then I think also, you have to have someone that you have to give that support. So whomever is going to be running your business, the other person just needs to understand that, you know, they just need to support that person um, and give the right feedback and encouraging words to keep them going. Because it, there are times where it would just be easier just to lock the door, turn off the light and say, see you later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can't do that. Do you guys have any delineation of duties? He does this, I do that, and that kind of helps. Yes. Yeah. How do you guys yeah. draw that line? So I pretty much take care of like the HR aspect. So I'll do the onboarding, the hiring. Um, I am taking over the payroll. And then Brian pretty much does like the operation, like the ordering. You know, he's done the scheduling, but I'm getting ready to take that over. Uh, what else does he do? He's pretty much there not every day, but date, you know, he's, he's there running the, the show. Um, we have a bunch of new employees, so he's getting them trained up. How do you make the, the ultimate, the big decisions? Uh, do you sit down and agree to them? Uh, does one of you have veto power? How, how do you no. make the big decisions? How do I make the big decisions? Uh, you mean like in terms of like opening another one or yeah, where yeah, do we That's a good money? example, but yeah, where do you spend yeah. your money? Do you, uh, you know, do adjust this? Do we do that? Do we, you know, fire this employee? Those, those bigger decisions, uh, mm-hmm. how, how do you make those decisions? Together, especially when it comes to the employees. Um, it has to be, we have to both be in agreement. Um, and then we did hire an HR company. Um, so we always loop them in and send them whatever paperwork we have before we ever move forward with any sort of termination. Got it. Um, And then, you know, I think you hear a lot, you know, at will states and, you know, for Brian coming from construction, you know, it was very much like, I'll just, I can let this person go because they showed up late. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I always, I think, it definitely play more like the HR role in the relationship, but it's like, Hey, we need to have, you know, this documentation, 
And, you know, you need to have that conversation, give that person time to improve. If they don't improve, then maybe we move forward with something. Um, but, uh, yeah, we always, there, we have to be both be in grants. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, you, you've shared, obviously, some of the skills that you brought, certainly from your target experience, and that was valuable. But when we talk about personal characteristics, what do you think are a couple of your personal characteristics that have led to being successful in business and in life, but in this business, what are two characteristics of your personality that you think have helped? Um, well, I would definitely say strategize. Um, I definitely, I'm always looking at, you know, the moving pieces and trying to figure out, especially when it comes to the employees, like where to put who, kind of when to make certain moves. And then I was going to say manage talent, but I want to say accountability. I know that that's something that you would like to think everyone has. Um, but I think being accountable, accountable to results, accountable to just ourselves. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's a key requirement to be an entrepreneur because yeah. we, can, we, can, we can blame everybody else if we want to, right. but it, it's on us. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, you own it. Um, and I, and I would say the same goes for my husband. I mean, he's an incredibly accountable person. I mean, he very much understands, you know, if this fails, you know, he's not only answering to me, but you know, my mother is an investor, his parents are investors and his best friend from high school is an investor. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a lot of responsibility, a lot of people to right. account for and, and, uh, you've got your words behind it. And, and so right. it's not going to be for lack of effort or accountability. Your, your your characteristics from a strategic perspective, how did that then influence your analysis as you were planning to open this business? Uh, for example, I'm, the, I'm very analytical, so I'll spend hours and hours on spreadsheets and financial projections, and, and sometimes mm -hmm. I can get paralyzed there. What, what was your approach? <laughs> there, I'll be honest, there really wasn't. We didn't really have an approach. Um, it was pretty much like we had some cash and Brian said, I'd like to open a restaurant. I think it'd be fun. And I said, okay. <laughs> so you, I mean, like that's, I like, we looked at other concepts yep. and you know, neither one of us had restaurant experience. Um, but he just knew that this was what he wanted to do. So you had made a decision it was going to be a restaurant yes. that had then become a decision about whether you build your own or go with a franchise? Well, you know, Brian, we always were pretty much 100% about doing a franchise just because we looked at it as it's a proven concept. Um, the risk was less than doing our own. Um, and then uh, it was just finding the right concept that we could stand behind. So tell me about that process. And, and I'm also yeah. curious as to how long it took. So you knew it was a restaurant. You wanted to we go. Knew it was a restaurant. How, yeah. how, what was that process like of finding the right concept for yourself? So, I mean, we looked at a couple of different concepts. We looked at like Wahoo's. Um, I reached out to Raising Cane's, but they don't franchise. Um, we also Schlotsky's. Um, we really, I mean... Pretty much what happened was uh, my husband's best friend, Colton, who's also one of our, uh, is a business partner. Um, he called my husband and said, hey, he was at the time working for Lucy Billingsley. 
and was managing one of our properties and they were putting in a little Greek. And he said, Hey, you got to come try this. Hmm. I think the concept's great. It's a franchise. It's fairly, you know, inexpensive to get into. I think, it, I think this could be really successful. So I said, okay. So we went out, we tried it. We liked the food, you know, liked that it was an open kitchen. Everything was made fresh and it wasn't a hamburger or a taco. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was nice. I mean, it, and you know, it was something that we felt that we could feed to our family and not worry about like the, what was in it. Yeah. Some really good healthy options. Although I will say that the fries are very yummy Ah. as well, but (laughs) the majority of the menu, there's there's a lot of healthy options. No, I know, I know. It's got to be a healthy balance. That's right, that's right. Okay, so you didn't use a franchise broker. You contacted them directly? Yes. Uh, So at the time, I believe there were only maybe 10 of these. There's 42 now. Were there any in the state of Texas? Well, yeah, there was, obviously. the one you Richardson yep. was the first uh, franchise location. Um, and they're actually, Jan and Barry own that location. They own two, um, but they're our area developers. So we actually ate at Richardson. Um, I sent an email to, like, through the franchising, and they asked a couple questions. And then the next day, we get a call from Nick Vojnovic, uh, who is the president of Little Greek. And he talked to us and turns out he was going to be in town in a couple weeks or not in town, but in Austin to open. Um, there's a Lakeway location of Little Greek. And he said, Hey, why don't you guys come down and meet with me? And so we did. And we met Secret, who was the founder um, and the corporate team sat down with Nick and, you know, both of us really like Nick and, felt that it was a good fit. And then what else did you look at? Obviously, you had talked to the folks in Richardson. Um, What else was part of your due diligence? What else? Uh, That was pretty much it. Did you talk to other franchises? Where did they have most of the business? In Florida? They're all in Florida. Okay. Didn't talk to anybody else there? No. No. So we pretty much, there was the Carrollton location had just opened up, um, Richardson, and then the Austin location. Did you go for a discovery day in Florida to their corporate no. headquarters? No, was, we did none of that. That was yeah, not part I, of their process. That was not that was not part of their process. Um, but I mean, four or five years ago, I mean, they were they had just started really franchising uh, this location. Now I, it's a different story. It's a lot more corporate, um, getting a lot more ducks in the row kind of thing. Um, but you know, we got into this, I mean, we were very new franchisees. We didn't have the experience. Um, but we also didn't have to commit to, Hey, in five years, we are going to have, you know, 10 of these locations going or, you know, some franchises, they want you to purchase, you know, be agree to agree to open, you know, 20 of them. Right, right. So that was one of the parameters you considered, right? right? Yeah. You and it could was, operate just one location. You wanted. Right. They obviously right. already had an area development uh, franchisee in this area, so right. they weren't looking for that. No, uh, you, which is a sweet deal. Yeah. You knew uh, that you could expect some support from that local area developer yes. as well? Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. So anytime, especially if we have like staffing issues, 
um, which happens pretty regularly, uh, we can always call them um, and they'll send someone out to help us. Um, so that's been good. I mean, versus uh, there's a couple locations in Illinois, uh, Kentucky and Arkansas. Like I don't, they don't really have that set up yet. Um, so that's really nice for us because there's nine in the DFW area now. Good. All right. Looking back at that, that's, that was in 2015, right? Yep. So four yeah, years. 2014. Yeah. 2014. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, five years ago now. What would you have done differently in that vetting process before you decided to sign with Little Greek? That, that you, and you would have applied this to any franchisees, but what would you have <laughs> yeah. done differently? I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, done a discovery day, gone out to Florida, seen, you know, some of the, the other locations, talked to other franchisees. And what would you have been looking for, Lauren? Operationally, like what, um, what it was like to, well, I, for us, I mean, for me, looking back at this, I thought it was kind of going to be like, uh, you know, like a subway where you pay a certain amount, you pick package A, B, or C, and you open, and, you know, people know the name, they know what they're, they're going to be getting at Subway. Um, you know, it's, it's a very easy concept to run. You open a bag, you dump it in a bin, there's your lettuce, tomatoes, and so on and so forth. With this, I mean, we didn't fully understand. I mean, this is a, we are a 98% from scratch kitchen. Like I, my employees have to re have a certain, they have to have a certain level of skill. I mean, we fillet chicken breast. We do a five ounce chicken breast. Um, we cut lamb, they cut steak. Uh, we roll domates and hand cut everything. I mean, that's what I didn't fully understand. Yeah. However, so you didn't understand. However, that was right. part of what attracted That was you, what, right? yeah, yeah, that was what attracted us. Yeah. Yes. Because, because of the quality as a result of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so with the Richardson location, though, it's um, the people that own it, they have um, two brothers that run the location. They're also part owners. Um, one runs their Preston Hollow location. The other runs the Richardson. Um, but their whole family works there. So they don't have any issue really with staffing as much. Yeah, yeah. But that, that probably, I have to imagine, it was not the kind of business you all were envisioning to build. You wanted to be more leveraged. Right. Uh, and, and we'll talk about kind of where you're going next related to that. All right. Mm -hmm. So you, you've touched on it. So I'd like to maybe ask her at a high level how you got it funded. Sounds like you took in yeah. uh, family members and friends as investors. Yes. Did you get a loan as well? We did. So we have, it was a very small loan, uh, 75000 um, the rest was in cash. Okay. And you, and this was a traditional bank loan that we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we did not do an SBA loan. Um, we wouldn't, I don't think we actually would have been given an SBA loan just because of our lack of experience. Sure, sure. And the franchise at the time was virtually unknown. Right. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, it was in cash. I mean, we are the majority owner. Okay. And, and where are you as far as performance, you know, financial now compared to where you would have liked to have been by now? 
I just thought that we would have multiple locations and just be a little bit more financially stable. Mm-hmm. Is the is it profitable now? Is it cash flow profitable? Yes, yeah. it's profitable, but you need multiple locations to frankly, I mean, to even make close to what we were making. Sure. And that that's, that has ended up being a surprise for you? Yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I thought I mean, all in, I mean, including the amount that we put into it in the first year. I mean, we're in like half a million. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that we would have gotten that back um, by now, but uh, I mean, it takes a while. Part of it has to do though, just with our location. Yeah not being in a high volume enough area. Let's talk, Maybe, let's talk about that for a moment because that's always such a challenge. You know, I had to close one of my self-serve frozen yogurt shops in, a, in our second location. And boy, I, going into it, I would have told you this is this was an incredible location. Right. We had a broker that we worked with with the greed. And now in hindsight, I can pick it apart and tell you all the reasons yeah. why it was bad. Um, but that's such a, that's one of the challenges of a brick and mortar location is you you exactly. make this kind of, gamble you do all the analysis but then you're tied with the lease and then right. it's not that easy right yeah um okay so i was going to ask you back to the uh investment initially but uh, it'll come to me i kind of lost the train of yeah, thought there no this is such an what, what else was a surprise uh so obviously the the prep time was a surprise uh how long it's taken to to start generating the the money you would have wanted to you would like to have been onto a second unit Part of them has been the location. What else has been a surprise about owning your own business in general? Oh, what else has been a surprise? Um, the HR component of it, we've talked about it already, and, and we were chatting about it before when we were preparing for this conversation, that that's been an area of surprise as well. And so I was just curious as to how it compared to your experience at Target and, and specifically what areas have been surprising. You know, it hasn't been that much different, you know, with the staffing piece, you know, the name of Target versus Little Greek. I mean, Target, we always had a steady flow of applicants. Right. Um, whereas for us, it's been a little bit more challenging. Just to, um, just to get even people to just apply, right? Right. Just to get people to apply. Um, so trying to figure out ways to entice potential employees, um, you know, with us being closed on Sunday, like that's always been... I didn't even realize you guys were closed on Sundays. We are. <laughs> so we are. Th- th- does that help from a, that's got to help from a staffing. Does that help? Yes, um, it does. But we are reopening on Sunday. Ah. So I just need to get staffed to reopen. Got it. Got it. Okay. So um, it's in the works. And you, so you decided to hire when you had first mentioned this third party HR company. Yes. I had assumed that that was uh, part of the you know franchise or offering oh, no. requirement. Why did you decide to to hire an HR company? That's not typical for a small business, right? So, well, actually, the president of Little Greek, Nick, had um, suggested to us to use them, and he said, you know, they'll take care of workers' comp, um, you know, they'll help to keep you in compliance, and so we signed on. And surprisingly, I, we're the only Little Greek that uses them. Yeah. Well, it's not surprising to me because I would say that the majority I've, I, at, at this level, I don't usually see that either right. because people don't even know that that's available to them or it's cost prohibitive or some combination right. thereof. Yeah. It, it has been probably one of the best decisions we made 
just with the amount of um, turnover that you have in the restaurant industry. So just helping to keep us in compliance. Mm -hmm. And so they, what they do in part is making sure that you're doing everything according to the rules of the Texas Workforce Commission, according to whatever right. federal rules apply. Yes. And so that, that makes sure that you're covered on all of that from uh, yes. their onboarding documentation through termination. Correct. And so they have um, also, if there is a Texas Workforce complaint, they will take care of that for us. Yeah. For the fee that you pay already. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And they have a legal team. Um, you know, they advise us on all of that. Uh, what else do they do? So they're technically a PEO company. A PE, what does PEO stand for? Well, give me one <laughs> second because I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's so basically it's like an employee leasing company. Interesting. So we, we hire the employees on and they, uh, they, in some ways, like they basically own the employees. Interesting. Okay. Yes. So, uh, so are they technically, as far as TWC is concerned and the federal government reserve concerned, are they employees of them then, or are they are your employees? There are employees. But, but there's the ability, obviously, is, there must be legislation that allows for this relationship right. to exist. Interesting. Okay. Right. So it's a professional employer organization. Ah, thank you. I'm, thanks. Yes. All right, so so this is definitely something that that it's unique. Uh, we we don't use it, uh, but it's something that you definitely would recommend, and you're finding it to be certainly something you can afford in your expense structure, uh, even as an individual right. unit, small business owner. Right. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, what else? I know HR again is such a such a big challenge for all of us. The market is tight. Attracting people at this level is hard. Are you paying a slightly above minimum wage? What what kind of strategies are you using there? Oh yes, we do. We pay a lot more above minimum wage. And that's and been required, yes. right? Just to even attract people to come and apply. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, of course, you, like you alluded to, you also need a little bit higher level employee yes. because it's almost like a cook almost that you need for some of these positions. Yes. Yeah. I'm, the majority of my employees now have line cook prep experience. Mm -hmm. You know, with cashiers, we can hire, you know, we can hire the high school kids and, you know, kids home from college. Um, or kids in college, but for the kitchen aspect of it, yes, you need somebody with a little bit more skill. Yeah. And so plus with our, with our restaurant, um, we are one of the largest little Greeks. Oh, okay. We're at 20, 2,200 square feet. Uh, generally, I think they want to be within like 14 to 1,800, um, but our line is very large. So you need to have you know, we get busy, we need to have two people working the line, one person on the grill, plus you need a cashier and somebody to run food and do expo. Um, but there's a lot more ground to cover than in, you know, some of the smaller locations. Yeah. So if you were doing another one or you were doing this one over, would you do a smaller footprint? Yes, for sure. Yeah. All right, Lauren, so what, what's next? What's next for you guys? Uh, opening a location. Yeah, of Little Greek or you're not yeah. sure yet? No, it's going to be a Little Greek. Yep. Um, you know, it, it is, we have a, a friend of ours. Well, one of our business partners, my husband's best friend from college or high school, sorry, uh, is putting in a new, um, strip center in Dallas. And he has asked us to 
put in a little Greek. So, so what's the time frame on that? You don't know yet? I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, we still have issues with, we are, my husband, I'm actually out of the store now. Okay. Um, but my husband is still very much involved in the day-to-day operations of the lo- of our Capella. Okay. So is that kind of one of your measures? He's got to get to a point where he's not there day in, day out. Right. And we've, we've talked to like our franchise uh, vice president um, and his recommendation was before, well, before he would sign off on anything was that we needed to be out of there for at least six months. Okay. And the business model financially does support that. Is it, has it been because of the staffing challenges more so that you for had us, to been there longer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's been the staffing challenges. Um, the the restaurant being too large and then you know also location i mean coppell's been great from you know as new franchisors like we made a lot of mistakes in the beginning i think that luckily we've been able to win back a lot of that business Mm -hmm. but but uh it's been difficult just because rent is high and um yeah, we do we do pretty well sales wise, but in the the little Greek system, I mean, we're in the bottom ten. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so um, I mean, there's a couple multi million dollar locations. Wow. Yeah. Do you have? A, I got to think there's still the challenge, you know, this of people who are not listening who don't live in the DFW area. While it's uh, evolved significantly in the 30 years that I've been here, it's still people look at something like this and they're like, "What is that?" Right? They've never had. Mediterranean food that's changing a lot because so many people have yeah to this part of the country Zoe's and Luna's but do you and- still get a lot of that where people don't know or they're, they're yes. kind of like I'm not sure if I'm gonna like this yes my in-laws <laughs> <laughs> I think when we first opened they were like mm, what, what is this yeah Greek food right. you want to open a Greek restaurant <laughs> and so it was funny because we t- Brian took them and you know it was like oh it's chicken and rice yeah, it's, yeah. and salad what's like not, those like, are what's things, not to like yeah right? those are things i like to eat and so we said you know if they like this then we'll be just fine mm, that's a good point that was a good litmus yeah. test there's no doubt all right so so uh, we've touched on it obviously but summarized give us the pitch on what little greek is all about what little greek is all about so at little greek every order starts when you order it fresh and just for you so i mean i think that's really gives a good idea of what little greek is i mean we make everything to order it's fresh and it's healthy yeah and that you talked about that the yosa open concept so you actually see the people making the food there which i think is great yes very much we're a fast casual concept but we are an entirely open kitchen so everyone can see everything and you've got, obviously, you mentioned the chicken, the salads. I like the gyro, yeah, the gyro meat. I think that's yeah. how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, what, what else is possible? Salmon, tilapia, steak. What else? We have domates, falafel. We've got all sorts of things. All kinds of things. And your yeah. hours are? 11 to 9, Monday through Saturday. And maybe soon Sundays, you're saying. Maybe soon Sunday, <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. Gosh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Um, yeah. Well, great. So uh, I'm always looking for a book recommendation. Is there a <laughs> book that comes to mind that you would recommend? Yes. Uh, so your franchise disclosure document, for sure. <laughs> Everyone should read that entirely. Did you, um, did you read it entirely? When no, it- I did not. That's why I said you need to read it. <laughs> I did not read it. And then I did. 
you know, you really get gain an understanding of what to really expect out of the franchise. But yes, I've read it three times now. Did you have up front uh, an attorney review it? Yes. Okay. I did an attorney and then um, our business partner, Colton. Okay, good. Did. Yeah. I, I mean, in the initial, uh, the initial process of us opening this, I was not as involved. Got it. And I wish I had been. Mm-hmm. But because I think I would have had a better understanding of what to expect. Sure. All right. So mm-hmm. read your FDD if you're going yeah. to go the franchise route. And by the way, if you're not experienced with that, an FDD is something that has to be provided to you before you sign your fran- franchise agreement. You may have to sign a non-disclosure first, but there's right. no obligation. You have a period of time by law within which to review that FDD and ask right. questions. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what else? So what else would you recommend reading wise? <laughs> I bought Brian uh, franchising for dummies. (laughs) I ordered on Amazon. I said, this is, read this. Did he get value out of it? No. (laughs) Because he he sold it in a garage sale. Oh, God. No, he just said no. That's an insult. He spent spent a year, I mean, before we we opened, he spent a year training at the Richardson location. Wow, okay. Yes, on his weekends, and he did it. You know, he was free labor, but he—that was what he did on the weekends. That's a big deal, though. That was that was a big commitment. You, yeah, I mean, that has to have been critical. I think, uh, despite all the surprises, that has to have been a big part of the success. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. But uh, yeah, no, he spent. I, I mean, I spent a week in Florida, like after we signed on for training, and I actually stayed with our founder, Seagrid. Uh, she kind of she showed me a couple locations and what they were doing and learning how to cut meat and do all that good stuff that I never thought I would ever learn how to do or mm-hmm. need to know how to do. I mean, they, um, they seem like they're, they're good people. Uh, yes. And, and that's, that was part of what attracted you. Yes. Yes. Um, I would say even still now, um, Seagrid's not as involved, um, but Nick is, and then they have, we have a new, uh, vice president, Brian St. George, um, who I actually just got the phone with before I jumped into this with you, Henry. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're very accessible. Anytime you have a question, they're always going to answer to the best of their ability. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a different feel. I mean, that's why we signed on with little Greek versus, you know, doing the route of a McDonald's other than it being a fresh concept, but you know, McDonald's, you're going to have more of a corporate structure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, which I mean, sometimes like coming from target, I wish we had, but then at the same time, I'm also glad that we don't fully have. Of course. Yet. Yeah. I understand. But it's moving in that direction. You know, everything that we wanted to change with the franchise or not even change, but you know, Hey, you know, with branding and some other things like those things are starting to happen. Yeah, um, so I like seeing that there's continued growth. Would you say that you're having fun doing this? Now I am. Initially, no. But now, yes. I would never want to go back to work for someone after doing this. Now that you have this taste and, and realize yes. the freedom and the flexibility, despite working yes. all the hours that you do. Yes, and I think we've been fortunate in the concept that we picked, um, that we've, you know, been able to continue to be in business. I mean, you live in Coppell, you know, I mean, restaurants are closing like crazy around us. Correct. And, you know, we keep getting busier and busier. Um, 
which is a good feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. You're being rewarded for your efforts. Yes. All right. We'll start to wrap it up, Lauren. What's, what's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation? Maybe, maybe perhaps uh, on the topic of, you know, considering a franchise, looking or evaluating a franchise for those who might be going that route who are listening. Uh, what's one thing you think you want us to take away from this conversation? Ooh, uh, I guess franchising is not for everyone, but if you can make it work, it's well worth doing. That's what I think the biggest takeaway is. Okay. And the people the people that we know that have multiple locations, um, you know, financially, it's been really great for them. So I, I hope to be there someday. Absolutely. And to those people who are in that great corporate job, like you had at Target, yeah. what do you say to that person about making that move to being their own boss? You know, I, I think don't be afraid to make that leap. You know, you have kind of all of the, the teaching, I guess, the knowledge to, to open your own business. Yeah. I mean, that's the one great thing about working a corporate job is, you know, you have those resources that you wouldn't have, you know, I guess in a, a small business. Right, right. But, but to your point, I think sometimes we think, well, I don't know enough or I don't have enough knowledge yet. Yeah. You know, I got to, you know. You never will. <laughs> exactly. You never will. Exactly. I mean, I, I honestly, I mean, you know, my husband, I, we're four years into this. I mean, he's like, I, he, he, he has told me he has finally figured it out. <laughs> like, but it changes all the of time. Course. There's, there's always going to be, you know, some issue that's going to come up that's and, right. you know, you can't, you can't always anticipate that happening. You just gotta push through it. That's right. That's right. All right. Uh, where do you want us to go online to find more, find out more oh. about your little Greek location? Well, it's littlegreekfreshgrill.com. And it shows we, there's 42 locations throughout the United States. Yeah. But we're in there. Wonderful. And yeah. I'm a huge fan. I um, I go there. I, sometimes I try not to go yeah. once a week, but I'm there almost once a week. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's. I eat there every day. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, I, I knew Mediterranean food, obviously, but again, it's, it's it, yeah. once you try it, you realize, okay, this is just good, healthy, fresh food. Um, Lauren, yeah. this has been a great conversation, a lot of great insights. I, I love talking to individual small business owners, and I'm excited about what's next for you guys. But thanks for taking the time. You're extremely busy. We didn't even get to the point that, that you're also a mom. Yes. So you got so much going on, but thanks for taking the time to share with us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I always love talking about what we do and sharing it with other people. Thank you so much for that. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Business. My guest again today was Lauren Cloudis. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, or at our website, thehowabusiness.com. Or you can also just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 31996 to receive more information. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.